0: This is Give Me Some Truth, a podcast from Walkner Condon Financial Advisors in Madison, Wisconsin. Give Me Some Truth is dedicated to providing an accessible and authentic view into the financial services industry, as well as current events and investment concepts that you can apply in your day-to-day life.
1: You've
2: Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. We have uh, a new face here in the, uh, in the podcast room. It's not me, Nate, and it's not Keith. We're uh, uh, the two uh, experienced veterans, if I guess if you want to call it that. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, and we have a guest, but we're going we're gonna to tease that for just a second. We're not going to introduce the guest yet because we're still on the high of uh, Keith's beloved Liverpool win. If nobody understands what that means, and that's okay if you don't, uh,
1: his soccer team won. So that's what that means. They're in the, in the home stretch of the English Premier League title race, which they haven't won in 30-some in years. So if you remember the anticipation around the first uh, Packer title in the late 90s, very similar for Liverpool fans right now. And this was your first experience watching a match with me, and am I as crazy as I think I am?
2: I, I, they they call it a uh, a fan. Why, Keith? It's short for what? Aficionado? No, fanatic is why they <laughs> call it fan. That's what it's short for. And no, he's a, he's the kind of soccer fan that you would expect, and so that's why we love Keith. So,
1: uh, without further ado, Keith, he, he's your guest
2: more than than mine. So I'll let you
1: introduce. Well, and him. in fact, he's watched uh, plenty of matches because one of the ways that I first met Jason was uh, when he was general manager of Hotel Red. Uh, and they hosted the Liverpool Supporters Group, but I ran into him uh, last week, and uh, when we were sort of standing there talking, Jason, about... Uh, so I'll make the formal introduction. We're happy to have Jason Ilstrup here from Downtown Madison, Inc., uh, and I was talking with him last week, and about eight people kind of walked by, and Jason knew them all, and it seems, Jason, every time that I'm out and about with you, uh, you know everybody. And so I was wondering if that, in your role for Downtown Madison, Inc., is that your primary function, is to be an ambassador for Downtown Madison? Or how do you see your role? So. And you can tell us a little bit about the background of how you came into the job and all of that as well.
0: Well, absolutely. Well, first, thanks, thanks for letting me be here. But no, you're, you're right. My job is to be either, one, the town gossip, or two, the town jester. So whichever one works, I, I get paid to, to to meet a lot of people and to, to make connections. It's a, it's a fascinating uh, job. I, it's new to me, about a, a year into it. Uh, but I love working for Downtown Madison Inc., DMI, really just trying to create collaborations between different groups of people to try to help. Civic engagement and, and make the city even better for everybody. So it's a unique opportunity, and I, I literally get paid to, to hang out and, and meet people.
2: Is that part of the job description, the the gesture or uh, or gossip? Is it, is it actually written <laughs> in there that that's where you are fifty percent time? No, it's
0: yeah. at what's well, that five percent uh, duties otherwise uh, not stated, right? <laughs> uh, that that's a part of the job, but no, it actually is. You know, you, you really have to be a people oriented person. Um, What is so cool about what DMI does and really what's happening in the city of Madison is there's so many people in the city that care, right? They care about what's happening. Not only do they care, they put their time, their energy, their creativity, their experience into it. So the more people can get to know and the more connections you can make, the better city we're going to have for everybody.
2: Well, it's really an interesting spot that you're in. And we couldn't be happier to have you on the podcast because to be president of that organization, we talk about somebody that's plugged into the pulse of the city and what's going on. I mean, that's that it doesn't get much more relevant than, than the, the position that you hold. Um, so let's let's just jump into the nitty gritty. What is I know we all have kind of our gripes. We all have what we like about the city. Uh, what is the thing that you're most excited about that uh, you're looking forward to in 2019? And what is the, the biggest challenge that you face?
0: Yeah, I think we're, we're most excited about what's going to happen with transportation. I think the city is in a, nearing a crisis in transportation, right? When, when people think of Madison, they think it has basically a couple of competitive advantages. One is access to the lakes, right? We live on an isthmus. I mean, you use the word isthmus in other cities, foreign cities like <laughs> Liverpool, and they would look at you yep. like you just swore at them or <laughs> I don't know what they just thought you said. But what that does though is it puts a lot of pressure on our transportation system, right? Everything has to go through downtown just based on the way the lakes are. So I'm excited in 2019 we're finally having a really robust conversation with our leaders, Uh, uh, actually Mayor Soglin and the new mayor, uh, Mayor Rhodes Conway, both are passionate about transportation and how we figure out ways to move people through transit, through better pedestrian connections, through better bike connections, through better car access, all of the above. That's what I'm really excited about, that, this, that the city is really having a mature conversation about transportation uh, and how we can move people differently. I think it's a really important conversation, and I'm glad we're having it in 2019. So is
2: it fair to say that that is the, the biggest, that's what you're most excited about, and it's the biggest challenge that we face?
0: It is, it is. That, I would say transportation, but there's a flip side to that, right? And it's, it's the workforce, and it's, and it's how are we moving that workforce, right? That's part of it. This, the flip side of that coin, though, is affordable housing, right? We're seeing less and less people able to work close to downtown, or I'm sorry, to live where they work in downtown. And it's becoming harder and harder for them to find uh, uh, places that are close to their work. Employers are noticing this all throughout the entire city. And I think that we need to find ways to either one, build affordable housing, or two, a better transportation network. But overlaid all of that is equity and inclusiveness. Uh, downtown is fantastic. I am a, I'm a white male, uh, 42 years old. It was built for me by me. It works great for me, but it doesn't work great for everybody. Part of that is the transportation, getting people from the north side and the south side into downtown, but we also have to have a sense of place that is comfortable and welcome for every single person. So that's one of the other big challenges uh, that we face in downtown and really in the city of Madison. It's going great for about 85% of the city, but look, there's there's significant amounts of people that are... are, are or don't have access to good jobs, don't have access to good food, and we need to do better as a community to help them out.
1: Well, and I think, uh, you know, in, on one hand, that's a good problem to have, right? That as an economy, things are growing. On the other hand, it is a real challenge, and uh, so what what do you see as, as your role uh, in facilitating that and making that happen, the, solving this kind of inclusive inclusivity challenge and also the transport challenge? Because I think those are very much related.
0: I think it comes down to, to two things. Just as we began this conversation about who do you know and connecting people, right? So you need to connect to the right people to understand what's going on. So we use a model then to, to sort of build that base of who we know, and then we listen to what is going on and what are the issues that that, that group might have, right? If it's, if it's uh, people with disabilities, if it's people with color, if it's, if it's children, if it's the elderly downtown, we listen, all right? We learn what they're saying, understand what they're saying, and then we leverage our relationships to try to create a situation that is that has improvement for them. Uh, the, a great example is we have a task force called the Beyond Compliance Task Force, where we've worked with our partners at um, Access to Independence, who is one of the leading uh, disability rights agencies in the area, to really understand how can we make downtown more accessible, but beyond that, go beyond compliance. That's why we call it that, so that We are training the staff, so if a sighted person and an unsighted person comes in, they are treated the exact same way. So how do we do this? We engage directly with the public, right? directly with people with disabilities, ask them, what are the barriers downtown? Why are you not coming downtown in transportation? What are the issues with public spaces? And we directly asked, and then we learned the barriers, and now we're working with our partners at the city, specifically through the Disability Rights Commission, to try to take down some of those barriers you need to ask the community listen learn and then leverage the partnership you have with the city to make improvements
2: we uh we sit here and we look at monroe street uh newly done newly glistening monroe street um we all have our opinions on that uh is that a was monroe street the rebuild a success was it a hundred percent success was it yes a major success although there were a couple kind of snafus i mean how do you guys rate that
0: that's a good question. I don't think we have the full answer yet, since it just opened basically in November. We haven't gone through a full year yet, but I would say it was a success, and that's coming from someone that lives um, just on the other side of downtown on Monroe Street, right at the end in Nacoma. It was it was a heartache, right? It was I'm sure it was a heartache for this office here. It was a heartache for many, but the, the infrastructure is much. Uh, better. We're not quite there yet. There's some wayfinding things that are going to happen on the Southwest Trail to be able to connect the two. So we don't quite know the verdict if this was an ultimate success, but first verdict looked like it was a success. It's being able to move people in an effective way between the very populated west side into downtown. As you know, it's one of the only corridors between this, University Avenue, and a few others to be able to get people into downtown, and and it's worked, for the most part, very well.
1: What I'd like to do now is kind of take a step back because I, I mentioned to you, uh, you know, this is getting people downtown, people wanting to go downtown is a good problem to have. Uh, it was not always the case in Madison. And, uh, you know, uh, people who grew up here, like I did, can remember what downtown was like. And so I wanted to ask you a little bit about the history of DMI um, and then, you know, kind of its relationship to Madison urban renewal more, more broadly
0: yeah the DMI was created about fifty years ago by the Greater Madison Chamber of Commerce in nineteen seventy two. That time downtowns were really reeling. The, you know the, the advent of the, the – everyone had a car at that point, right? The malls were being created in these suburban areas. so that you saw the downtown department stores closing. These large real estate you know frontages on the on the um, on the sidewalks were closing, and it became kind of a hollow place, right? And then, unfortunately, other behaviors start to come in. And so the the Chamber of Commerce thought, we've got to do something about this. So they collected their members, started the central sort of business area uh, to really understand what's going on and how do we improve it, right? Really pay attention to it. Uh, DMI then was formed on its own in the early 80s to say, look, we really want to pay more attention to this, not just as a sort of business area, but really as a place. And I think that's the key part. So for the last sort of 30 or so years, we've been working to create a better place. And I think place is very important for everybody. And place includes how you get downtown, right, through transportation. It includes the quality of life and the amenities you have there, right? The music venues, which we're seeing a great boon in with the Sylvie. Well, sporting venues like Camp Randall or, uh, as, as we are soccer fans, Forward Madison at Bree Stevens Field. Those things are very important, so we advocate for that as well. But the whole linchpin of it is economic development. You had to create enough jobs downtown. And a few risks were taken. Uh, Block 89, which is uh, the ULI building where Walgreens is and a few other locations, really started to create a different vibe downtown. And you've seen ULI and Hubdee and the Mullins and a lot of different great real estate groups build great projects, hold them, and really put love into them. And that's created a great sense of place You've seen everything else sort of come back with that. And right now, downtown generally is doing very well. It's interesting
2: that you say that, because <clears throat> my question kind of centers around where you, you're from, you're from Minneapolis, um, and Madison gets compared to different cities. We were, I just had, was out in Seattle with, uh, with my family on a family vacation, and, and Seattle's kind of a, a very common, you know, you know, Madison's like a little Seattle or, or, or like Minneapolis. And I'll, I'll take just a, a small step back from that. I was born and raised in Janesville, um, you know, Janesville and, and Bloyd's very close. So you talk about two cities and two communities that, that kind of went through that idea of that hollowing of a downtown that had no downtown presence at all. And now when you look at Bloyd and Janesville, both of which have downtowns that are really, really up and coming and really exciting and cool new restaurants and, and mm-hmm. coffee houses and things like that. And I mean, it's really, really neat to be able to see. And it's 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 kind of what Madison was 50 years ago or 40 years ago. You know, they're going, those cities are going through that now. So do you, do you yourself find it fair to compare Madison as a little Seattle, as a little Minneapolis? Or is that is that not fair or is that not accurate in some way?
0: I think it's it's somewhat fair, right? Particularly with Minneapolis. So I was born and raised in downtown Minneapolis. And the cities get compared a lot. And I think there's a reason why. The universities, major state flag, flagship universities are in those cities. The state capital either there or in St. Paul, right? So they have... Very, very similar backgrounds. But to be honest, as someone that's lived in both cities, I think the ethic and the culture of the cities are very similar. I often argue that there's more in common between Madison and Minneapolis than Madison and Milwaukee. right? Even though we're in the same state, and even though we're only 75 miles apart, I think we need to do a better job of connecting Madison to Milwaukee but right now Madison to, to Minneapolis is a strong connection both economies are doing very well they're doing very well in high-tech sector medical device sectors so they have a lot of commonalities second and a point that people forget is that those these two cities have risen together partially because of the re- reciprocity agreement between the two universities that is something that people forget and that is Unique, really, to these two states at this point. But you see a ton of students from Minneapolis and the suburbs come down here to University of Wisconsin and vice versa. And I think that's fantastic because it keeps everyone in the Midwest and creates this great buzz between the the two cities. But I I will say Seattle is another comparator, right? My mother was born and raised just outside of Seattle. That city makes sense. It really looks at it. The other one is Austin. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, also same amenities. Capital, large university, you know, big corporation, Epic or Dell, Um, You know, they have a lot better weather than we do after this winter. We can all certainly agree to that. But um, we're kind of where Austin was about 20, 25 years ago. It's interesting. And if you talk to to my good friend Zach Brandon at the Chamber of Commerce, he had conversations saying, what mistakes did you make 25 years ago that you wouldn't want to make now? And to get back to transportation, not again, but it is an important topic. They said that's the one thing they would have tried to solve earlier and put a more robust network like bus rapid transit, light rail, pedestrian connections, all those sorts of those sorts of transportation networks.
1: That actually leads into my kind of next question is, what kind of conversations are you having as part of your role with other cities around the country about these common problems uh, and, and that kind of relationship between Madison and that kind of larger conversation about urbanism? That
0: is a really important question, because Right now, Madison is at a sort of crux in time that's very important. Um, I've, I sort of say and a couple of us say that we've moved from being a big little city to a little big city, right? And there's a lot of different issues when you're when you're becoming a big city. Uh, so we have to look to other cities to say, what's working? What are the best practices? What has Minneapolis done? What has Portland done? What has Grand Rapids done? A very close comparator city. What has Des Moines done? Also a very close city, Midwestern. Roughly the same size, capital. What of those cities? Now I'm regretting. Is is Des Moines the capital of Iowa?
1: No,
2: <laughs> is it a uh, milligram? Right oh Iowa boy! City? I make. A, I knew no. I made a mistake. I, I, yes, I,
0: we'll look that up. Yeah, but none, we might have none, to cut that out. Right? Yes, no, no, keep it in. I love a good error. Uh, nonetheless, you got to look to other cities for best practices, right? On both what's working and what's not working. We're very lucky to be... Oh, it is Des Moines.
2: Oh. I was right. I shouldn't have second-guessed oh,
0: myself. Goes. Oh, man. I
1: shouldn't have second-guessed our, our myself. Our middle school civics teachers are going to be angry at us that we forgot <laughs> right. that. Oh, I can't chance, remember the yeah. name of mine,
2: so... <laughs> There's a chance he was just fishing for some, for some validation right there. <laughs> yeah. You knew it. Yep. Of, I oh, it was, yeah. And a little I need a little confirmation. False modesty. Oh, yeah, it right. yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah.
1: It's it. so tough for me. Always right.
0: But no, you have to look to those cities for, the one, their best practices. But two, what didn't work? Right? Because many of these downtowns and many of these cities are going through the exact same issues. So why not? We've invested in a policy researcher through uh, the great La Follette School here of public policy at um, UW. That's been a great partnership. And she literally, Liz White, fantastic, looks out to see, hey, what is Portland, Maine doing? What's Portland, Oregon doing? What's Minneapolis doing? And let's try to do that. And there's several projects right now we're working on with Minneapolis and Milwaukee and some other cities. Hey, that really worked. Let's try it here.
2: All right, if I could, uh, I'm going to remove transportation because we've, we've talked about that. But um, if you could snap your fingers and solve a problem, not transportation-related in Madison, what, what problem are you solving if you have that power?
0: Yeah, I would make downtown more inclusive and a place for everybody. Because if you made downtown truly a home for, for, for all Madisonians, the power that will be created economically, uh, the sense of place, the, the collegiality, the community that would be built would be, could be transformational. Um, and many of us are trying to work at it. it's a slow process, um, but if you could you know snap a finger and make that happen, you'd see one powerful city
1: now, one of the other things that you're involved in, uh, and this will probably lead into kind of the end of the podcast here and also a little conversation about your weekend uh, is you're involved with the Madison Sports Commission as well, and one of you the guys thing- have
0: done your research.
1: <laughs> This is great. <laughs> this is not our first road. Apparently <laughs> not. My LinkedIn
0: profile, I didn't even notice you guys were on my page. So thank you very much. Uh, so about that girlfriend you had <laughs> great. Let's talk about well, that. it now. didn't go as planned. You haven't even brought up the Peace Corps yet. There's, that's the real story. It's right.
1: And uh, and your your brief career in politics as well? And oh,
0: th- yes. Well, no, I was actually not a politician. I should clarify. I, I worked in <laughs> <Yeah>. politics. <laughs> Um, yeah, I didn't but, lose or anything. I but, I'm a I'm, I'm perfect record for <laughs> yeah. not running for anything. Z- zero and yeah. zero. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Um, one of the things that the Madison Sports Commission has done is brought in the CrossFit Games. And, you know, that's a global competition. And it's one of the things that uh, I hear a lot from my clients who are scattered all over the globe. Why are there international financial advisors in in Madison, Wisconsin? And, uh, you know, I think talking about that that international side of of Madison and how DMI plays into that as well or your other activities as well?
0: There's no question even if we're only 250,000 in the city and what's six seven hundred thousand in the area this is an international city and it all starts with UW right The, the people the professors the students that are coming make this an international city I'm downtown all the time I hear foreign languages all the time being spoken and that would not normally happen in a city this size so it starts with UW but also, we are starting to bring in world-class you know, companies that have world-class talent. Epic, Exact Sciences, ProMega. I mean, these are heady industries. I don't have the foggiest of clue what they actually do. I don't I'm not a science guy, so I don't understand it. But it brings real talent to the city. You're also seeing it in a sense of place. And this is where the CrossFit fits in. This is a very livable city. This is a city where a lot of things are happening. And CrossFit is a perfect example. Honestly, I would have had no clue when they were telling us they were going to bid on CrossFit with the sports commission that something was going to move from L.A., right, at the Staples Center and all these different places, that that event in L.A. for years was going to move to Madison for their international championships, right, on CBS Sports, the main CBS, CBS Sports Network. I would have never thought in a million years that's going to happen. It did. And what that does is it creates an interesting buzz about Madison, but it creates a place, right? It brings other things to do, like what's happening at the Sylvie, like what I'm doing this weekend and going to the first ever Forward Madison game in Chattanooga. These are really important amenities and people, when they're making decisions on where they want to live, these are some of the biggest criteria. So we have to work on creating a place that people want to live in and then we will really be a competitive environment.
2: We'll uh, we'll get you out of here on this one. East Washington um, just just uh, give us your your uh, your thoughts on that your feelings on that where do you think it is in five years I mean it just feels like it's it's really becoming um, I don't even know how you would what you would compare it to but it just really feels like there's some incredibly exciting things happening on East Washington
0: great question I, I just walked down uh, East Washington from Stone uh, Creek coffee so it's a little bit farther down 1100 1200 block of of East Washington, walked all the way into the Capitol on a sunny day last week. And the buzz on the street, even at midday, 11 o'clock, was incredible. All the construction that was happening. The soccer team was practicing. uh, The Mott's paint site was this close to being done as Hotel Indigo and the beautiful restaurant palette there that Kurt Brink and his team are, are putting in. You could just feel this energy, but it all started with, honestly, the city of Madison making a decision through the planning department, through Heather Stoudard and and Bill Furling and and, uh, Natalie Erdman, to make the decision to say, we need to do something different with those Don Miller car dealerships, and you are just seeing the beginning, right? The Spark building is now complete. Gephardt building is now complete with the Sylvie. Kurt Brink has another project happening. Rich and Helen from Stonehouse are building Lyric 2 with the incredibly exciting Madison Youth Art Center on the back side of the building on East Mifflin. So this is just the beginning of that development. Uh, we're hearing about several other projects in that area. And actually more projects that will connect Willie Street, East Washington, and Johnson, all sort of laterally across Livingston or Brearley or Patterson or whatever those streets are. We're going to see so much more interaction happening between that area. Look, from 2013 to 2017, it doubled the number of housing units just in the Tenney Lapham neighborhood alone from 1,000 to 2,000. And I think this is just the beginning of the growth. It's the right street to be on. It's the right place, again, we're creating with all these great Old Sugar Distillery and Boss Meadery and all these great places that are there. It's a fun place to be, and it's just going to continue to to grow that way.
1: Well, and the oldest thing, one of the oldest things still there is Bree Stevens, home of our soon-to-be Live and and direct uh, forward Madison, which is Domingos, an, g- another great aspect of of this revitalization of East Washington. I think you know the the fans are excited, and it's really a unique venue for American sports in that you know it's not out in the suburbs somewhere. It's you can walk to a game from downtown, which is going to be super thrilling. And I think you know I'll be interested to hear you're going to the opening game this weekend tomorrow. Leaving Brighton and early, uh, 6 a.m. Chattanooga, yeah. my first time, Chattanooga
0: yeah. choo-choo. Is that what you say, or am I going to be, <laughs> something going to happen to me if I well, say that? Well, we
1: won't let anybody from Chattanooga yeah. listen. Uh, and and I think it's just really an exciting atmosphere that that's going to help create as well.
0: Bree Stevens is such an important amenity to the city. And just think about this. What, 10 years ago, there was virtually nothing happening in that stadium. Beautiful old facility that the city took care of and had the foresight to say, wait, we can bring big use, uh, new uses in. And they thought, you know what, we can't do this on our own. We need to bring in a private partner. When you brought in Big Top Baseball, everything changed. You have the bodegas, the concerts, what the Radicals are doing. I mean, 1, 2, 3,000 fans a game. They've had the uh, national championship of Ultimate Frisbee in Madison two out of the last four years. They're creating real buzz, and it's happening at a public facility. I don't know. I can't say enough good things about that relationship. The same at Warner Park, the same at Brittingham Park with what Tyler Leeper and Wingra Boats is doing. They're using public amenities in a better way, but the public still owns it and the public still benefits from it. Think about Bree Stevens again. East High Football and both soccer teams play there again, right next to their school. How cool is that? That would not have worked unless you thought about the situation differently and you worked in a public-private way to make it happen.
2: Well, and and what an amazing place to see a concert. And and I, I slash, the rest of us in the office, are concert junkies, and so I've... I've uh, been to a lot of venues and that is really really a cool venue to see a show at and it's it's really exciting especially when you get the people on the balconies on both on both buildings on either side. I mean it's just what a, what a really cool pl- way to spend a summer night. I mean just a,
0: awesome. just that urban experience is is so fantastic and 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 all the amenities are there, right? You've got great restaurants like right. Sujo and, and and Madison Tap and LJs and you have the buildings. I mean it just feels so urban. Yeah. It just a feels a really, really poor, urban. It feels well, kind well, of well, and even little
1: the more you than know, the 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 same thing. You can go up to that second floor and you can see the downtown skyline, yeah. and it's just awesome. a little bit of a little bit of a little bit it a little bit a city than it ever ever did when I was growing up. All right. What what didn't we ask
2: you? What's the what's uh, a final thing you want to talk about? a a final thing you want to mention as we wrap up here
0: I want to know why is it called? Give me some truth. Why is the podcast called Give Me Some Truth? So, okay, seriously. Because you could you, you could have asked some salacious questions. I mean, I am the town gossip, <laughs> so I could I, have yeah. gotten could have who, I could have, who have offended a re- lot of members. <laughs> who just <laughs> really is the really one politician you really I really dislike dislike. don't like? Yeah. Yeah.
2: School board member. <laughs> um no, okay, so give me some truth. So essentially, um we we wanted a podcast that that really spoke about truths, And the, really the idea behind the podcast when we first created it was can we create something where we kind of Take the the um, um, kind of the shroud away, if you will, from investments mostly uh, in the beginning um, uh, of things that people don't want to talk about: fee structures and conflicts of interest, and all these things that that people. Don't I would have talk loved about, to right? talk about these things. I don't. <laughs> Let's about. talk about those things, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's the truth piece of it, right? And, and as I said before, we're kind of true or uh, uh, music junkies. So give me some truth. Does anybody can can anybody in the room here tell me what's what what that harkens back to?
0: I cannot. Failure. Uh, a, a I mean, I'm a huge Give me some ya- loving, I'm a, but no, it's but uh, is it Yanni? Because that it was my is first Yanni. I'm gonna actually get. I'm gonna just pause one second. I'm
2: gonna get the, the absolute
0: specific details. Um, While you pause, I can um, sing some Yanni. I don't think you can sing <laughs> Yanni. I think it's instrumental. I don't think we joke.
1: want you to. We just certainly don't want me to sing. Oh, you Yanni. Don't. I'm I yeah. very
0: much off. Very much off key. I, here right. we
2: go. Uh, John Lennon. It's a John Lennon song. Never uh, heard of me him.
0: Some truth. That was a in, joke. In uh,
2: 1971. So there you go. So love that's it. that's where it goes back to, and it's specifically "gimme g i G-I-M-M-E, e" because the idea of of uh, let's have a podcast that that really speaks about truth and 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 kind of cuts to the the issues and the topics that people want to hear about. So that that's
0: the the answer. I for love you. that. So well, I I, go a, I gotta that. say I'd be remiss without saying something about what you guys are doing for Monroe Street. So thank you. And I was on the Monroe Street Merchants Board for a, a long time as I used to manage Hotel Red, and what you guys are doing for a very important. Commercial and retail street is fantastic. I mean, this this node down here with the wonderful Madison Chocolate Company, Gates and Brovey. You know, my we spend uh, at least a thousand dollars at the vet every month. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a, just a fantastic area down here. And someone that lives close to know we have walkable amenities like this. Thank you for doing what you're doing.
2: Well, we appreciate you saying that. This is basically our third location. There was a temporary one in the middle, but our third location. I'm in Rose Street, and uh, we're not going anywhere. As a matter of fact, we're expanding, so we're excited for that. Thank too. you. So, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate. It. We know you're busy guy and uh listen uh for future uh, episodes and give me some truth we'll have uh, more exciting guests on in the future
3: you gotta leave your money behind you raise your hand to the sky Advisory services are offered through Walkner-Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the states of Wisconsin and Texas. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, and Mitch DeWitt are investment advisor representatives of Walkner-Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not be providing any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments that guests make should be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner in and Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principle as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of the investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Wachner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Wachner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.